Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm editor Candace Gibson, joined as usual by staff writer Josh Clark. Howdy, Candace. Howdy. Hey, so Candace, I was uh, perusing the my favorite news sites. I won't mention any of them, but um, I found that there was uh, a little article about a guy named Graham Pierce who retired from the Dallas Police Force at the end of July. Have you heard of this guy? No. Well, um, normally you wouldn't find, you know. Um, Articles in national newspapers about retiring police officers from Dallas. Uh, but the, the thing that made this guy's retirement significant was he was the last, uh, Dallas police force officer, um, Dallas police officer who was on the force when JFK was assassinated in 1963, uh, in Dallas. Um, so of course it's gonna make, you know, headlines here or there. I think that it did make, the fact that it did make headlines, uh, couldn't have been more of a godsend for the uh, Barack Obama campaign. Um, just four days earlier, uh, Obama was in Berlin giving a speech to like 20,000 Berliners um, about how we can't allow walls to be erected among the peoples of, of uh, you know, the West and the world. And we have to fight things like uh, terrorism and global warming together rather than separately. He was warning against isolationism and obviously speaking in favor of globalization. Um, and the reason Obama chose Berlin and the reason his camp would be very, very happy that this Dallas uh, police officer retired just a couple days later is because Barack Obama loves to be compared to JFK. Another young American president. Exactly. Rolled um, up shirt sleeves, the works. It, wait, exactly, <laughs> right. With young kids, um, which is another, another comparison. Um, so Obama chose Berlin to uh, give this to give this speech because Kennedy had done it in 1963, um, and he did it right next to the Berlin Wall, which was this very literal dividing line between East and West, communist uh, and communism and, and uh-huh. right, and uh, you know freedom and tyranny, depending on on your view or your opinion or where you were born. Um, and what Kennedy was saying when he gave that speech was that, you know, there's this wall here and, and the uh, East Germans erected it, but America would stand behind the West Germans and the rest of the free world. And if, if they, the communists came across this wall, they would not only be messing with Germany, they would be messing with America too. And in front of 100,000 Berliners, uh, he ended his speech very famously with Ich bin ein Berliner, right? Uh, my German's a little rusty, but I've heard along the way in my 32 years that he actually said, not I am a Berliner, but I am a jelly donut. Um, is that fact or fiction? Please put this to rest, because I've heard it before and I've, I've heard both sides. What, what are you saying? It's sort of a sticky subject, no pun on the jelly donut, <laughs> but I think anytime you're dissecting and interpreting a political figure's speech, there are going to be people who interpret it different ways. And to be perfectly honest, I mean, you could say that that is a fact. He did say he was a jelly donut, but I'm going to lean toward the side that it's fiction and that he didn't actually say he All was right. a jelly donut. Give it to me. So... This comment, essentially, it wasn't even something that Kennedy wrote. You know, most presidents have speech writers, mm-hmm. and his was Ted Sorensen, who 
in his memoir, actually said, you know, I can't believe I put that in there. We were trying to coach Kennedy Mm -hmm. on how to make that uvular R. It's sort of a hard sound to make. And as we all know, Kennedy had a a pretty... uh, well-known Boston accent, and so yeah, he actually the reason he said "ish" instead of "eek" was because he had trouble saying "eek," uh, and he went with the Bavarian "ish," uh, which was apparently a little easier for him because of that very bo- that Boston accent. Yeah, and and if you listen to any of Kennedy's speeches or commentaries on the radio that he made during his lifetime, he dropped his R's quite a bit, <laughs> and this was sort of a bad time to drop your R. Or. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. So the uh, the jelly donut in question. Let's let's conquer this first. The Berliner. Uh, essentially, this is a German pastry. It's sort of like a jelly donut. It could also be called a Berliner Ballen. And this isn't the only item of food that is named after a city. You've heard of Frankfurters, right? Certainly. There you have it. It's not uncommon in Germany for things to be named after towns. And rice aroni is the San Francisco treat. That too, indeed. Um, but essentially, he wasn't saying, I'm a jelly donut. He's saying, I'm one of you. Okay. And there's a couple of sticky issues with that. Again, back to the, yeah. the sticky jelly. Yeah. It's To say it literally would be, I'm a resident of Berlin. Mm-hmm. But he was trying to say it more colloquially or more figuratively. I am one of you. You know, we are one of this body. We are in this together. Mm-hmm. And when it came out, he actually said this a couple of times in his speech. It wasn't just at the end. He mm-hmm. said at the beginning. In fact, when he came up to the podium to make the speech, there was such a thunderous applause and ovation that he couldn't even begin until a couple of minutes after wow. the crowd of 120,000 had calmed down. And so he said it a couple times. And essentially what he was implying was that back in ancient civilization, the great civilization to belong to would be the Romans. And today, it's the Berliners, you know, to be one of you, to stand for democracy in a world that's been essentially, you know, surrounded by communist forces. It's a very brave thing, and I'm proud to be one of you. And the crowd was very receptive of this sentiment. And perhaps there were a couple of people who twittered, but I think they appreciated that the U.S. was there to help. But not only the U.S., also um, France and Britain were part of this, too. Sure, the yeah. allies, of course. But the people who may have laughed, and the reason that documentation exists, is that there were some negative feelings toward JFK. Mm-hmm. And that has to do with the erection of the wall itself. It was really, really spooky. The night of August 12th, 1961, the lights went out in East Berlin. And when people woke up, there was a barbed wire fence separating East Berlin from West Berlin. And before then, you know, there had been guards stationed to try to keep people from defecting right. over to the West side. And that was because it was becoming an economical problem for the communist rule. People were leaving. They couldn't support society. Yeah, I can't imagine that there were too many uh, West Germans flooding into East Germany no. through Berlin. <laughs> Not so much. It'd be sort of like... I don't even know. I can't yeah. even make an analogy. I'm going to stop right there. But when the wall, <laughs> there we go. When the wall went up, it was just a barbed wire fence. And then progressively it grew into this big concrete bastion mm-hmm. with checkpoints and guns and tubes on top so people couldn't crawl over and guards stationed everywhere so people couldn't tunnel under. But when it went up that night of August 12th, when the world woke up, suddenly there it was. And JFK was as taken aback as anyone else. Yeah, wasn't everyone just completely caught off guard by this? There was no announcement of these plans. It just walls up. 
It just happened. Yeah. And a couple of countries, the aforementioned France, Britain, and U.S., mm-hmm. they devised the Berlin Airlift to take supplies over to West Berlin and, and keep them, you know, sustained. Mm-hmm. And so they were doing what they could, but some people were still very angry about the situation and wondered why this American superpower couldn't help save them. So the people who laughed and misinterpreted the speech probably did it purposefully. Just as today, you know, when we listen to comments that political figures make, we have ways of making fools out of them in our own minds for our own personal reasons. Understood, like uh, nuclear. That would be one example, very relevant and modern. Well, you've made me very hungry while you cleared this up. I'm actually, I kind of feel like a bear claw. I'm not big on jelly donuts, (laughs) but I'm going to get some pastry of some sort. Sounds good. And in the interim, the rest of you can read how the Berlin Wall worked for more about this topic on HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. 